Hey MW, it's Melissa and Stephanie Carcace, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women and your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you. We are thrilled to be on this journey together. We all have heard about manifestation, but it's more than building a vision board. It's putting in the work to make your God-given talents and abilities come to reality. Aspasia Kumliwood is a manifestation coach who works with her clients through the work of reprogramming your subconscious mind, learning how to change your self-limiting beliefs, and ultimately help you get on a clear path to manifest a life you love. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here are some of our favorites. It's not about the how. When we're reprogramming, it has nothing to do with the how it's going to arrive. Because once we have that new belief set inside the software of our subconscious mind, new ideas, new actions, new inspirations are gonna kick in because we are different. It's not forgetting, right? Healing is not forgetting. Healing is letting go of the pain and then it becomes wisdom. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. I am so, so happy that you are on this podcast right now. (laughs) You've personally helped me so much. Mm -hmm. Aspasia, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We're so happy you're here. I'm so, so excited to be here. And it's been a pleasure uh, working with you and seeing you flourish the way you are. And I'm so, so proud for you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. So for the few of us that may not know, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about who is Aspasia. (laughs) So I'm originally from Greece. Uh, My background was in uh, finance and talent management. And um, I've lived in four continents, uh, you know, leading four different careers uh, until I was until I was 30. I did uh, finance. I did communication. I did entrepreneurship. I did production. And throughout this process, I and this whole traveling around the world, I realized that I was uh, moving away from something. And so that started my healing path for my own journey. And as I was uh, getting to know myself and I uh, was um, in the path of trying to figure out the answers, the existential answers of life, I was uh, lucky to have a lot of teachers go through a lot of different uh, certifications for my own use and different modalities. Uh, to heal heal myself. And so for years ago, synchronicity and different other things brought me to a place where uh, my first student called me. And I knew, like she was a friend of a friend's and she called me and she said that, oh, I saw you in my dream. And in my dream, you helped me. It was a beautiful story. And and then she said, you're my teacher. So we, sh- we should start consulting sessions together and that's how everything started so what I do now is I call it empowerment and manifestation coaching and I basically guide people women specifically not that I don't have men uh, but it's mostly women to find that spark 
that we all have within us and go for whatever it is that the, the each person wants. And usually the process of going towards my dreams or my is not linear process. So it, it depends on the person. So I use different modalities with different people. And recently I uh, created an online course. So I work with groups now too, as well as uh, one-on-ones. And uh, it's an absolutely uh, amazing pleasure for me to be able to, basically I can see the potential in another person and they're supporting them to just go for it and get the, get empowered in the process and be able to manifest uh, a better even result from what they were initially going for. Amazing. That's amazing. So that's Yay. <laughs> Well, I love the work that you do. We've worked together too, uh, me and Steph, and we love how you really make it very practical. And and we're going to go into the subconscious mind a little bit later in the conversation and really unpackage everything, unpack everything. But why did you choose to become a manifestation coach? I, I understand from your story now that your friend had a dream, but what drove you to really make this into, into a career? Right. So the way I see it within my own uh, self is I have the ability to uh, understand the subconscious mind and all that mind mindset type of uh, protocols and the way, you know, you can reprogram your mind to, to really revamp yourself, create a new version of yourself. So that's, as we say, this is the, it's a little bit more etheric. So that's more in the mind. Whatever is in the mind is kind of like airy, right? So that is uh, my power. I'm a Libra, like air is where I live. And so manifestation is the exact opposite. Manifestation means that I'm using some sort of usually etheric technique to manifest, to physically create a tangible result in my, in, in my life. And Personally, as Aspasia, my journey, my, my sole purpose in this life is to bring the etheric into the physical. So um, all the techniques that I use go through the mind. And so it's, type, it's, it's, a, it's a type of like conversation and uh, logic. So the process requires basically logic. And in order for it to become tangible, the how-to makes it uh, more practical. So, so, so I take etheric concepts like thoughts and we bring it into a more tangible manifestation. Mm. So cool. Okay, so, you know, Mel and I, as, as we've mentioned, we've worked with you. We, we kind of are understanding manifestation, right? But for some of our listeners that are kind of getting onto the manifestation train now, as I would like to say... <laughs> Can you explain, so what is manifestation? And more importantly, what is your approach to manifesting? What's that step-by-step? Right. Uh, so manifestation is the process of bringing into your reality something that right now is either impossible or in the dream space. So manifestation is uh, the process where we use the power of the mind and the connection with the universe. There is no manifestation without the spiritual aspect. And the spiritual aspect can have any type of, you know, you know, idea for each person is different, but it's the, I, I call it the universal source energy. So you work, we work with that to create a physical, tangible result. 
the way I do it is because of my logical process is uh, I break it down into logical steps because sometimes manifestation might sound a little woo-woo for a lot of people. Uh, it's not because it's something real and that's how I have brought into my life pretty much everything. Even now that I moved back to Greece for a few months, the, my apartment was a part of manifestation. However, I really like to break things down and make them practical. So my how-to goes through logic. And uh, one of my fir the first modules in my digital course, for example, is exactly that, how the mind basically filters the information that we receive from our five senses and direct our attention into things, ideas, people, actions, uh, decisions. And so manifestation is not really necessarily something so much etheric as much as attention, where our minds, where the attention of our minds go. So that's what we call the reticular activating system, the, the RAS, which is part of our brain. So That's what I do. I take manifestation, which is a spiritual concept and traditionally was taught mostly through, you know, uh, religions or like other type of philosophical or, or spiritual practices. And I make it practical. I break it down into logical steps. And a big part of what I teach is the collaboration between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind. And that's where our power, that's where the power is. Because when you know that your, your manifestation is 100%, you know, dependent on where your attention goes, because where your attention goes, that's where you put your energy, you make decisions, you take action. Uh, when you know that that's how it works, What I teach you is how to change and be able to be the, the guide to your own self uh, on, on how to redirect that attention in order for you to have the manifestation of your desire, if that makes sense. Yes. It does. It does. I want to dive deep into the subconscious mind because I remember when I first started working with you, the one of the things that I found fascinating was that I needed to be able to control my subconscious mind. And I was like, but how do I do that? <laughs> it's like you were saying that it's always like in an airplane mode and it's always there. So let's dive deep into the subconscious mind. How do we control it so we can start manifesting the life that we've always wanted? Perfect. Amazing question. So two things. The first thing is I will draw a picture for you so you can imagine, so your listeners can imagine it while we speak. So imagine that your subconscious mind, so imagine the submarine. There is a submarine, right? And the submarine is in the depths of the ocean and the submarine has a periscope that goes outside of the ocean and looks around, right? So uh, I want you to imagine your brain capacity is the submarine, right? The person who is directing and guiding the periscope is the subconscious mind. And the actual periscope is our attention, our conscious thinking. So, so the subconscious mind is driving our attention. So how can I control it, as you said? How can I guide it? How can I direct it? So the first thing is understanding the subconscious mind. How do I know what is directing the subconscious mind? 
I look around in my life. That's the first thing, like a very easy way. I look around in my life. I look at my life. I look at every area of my life and I, and I observe to see what type of things are going well and where things are not going so well. Once I have a good idea, because we all know, right? We, you know, we've, let's say like people that struggle finding their partner, you know, there is a, there is a, some sort of pattern there, or, you know, some people that are, are struggling to make that financial goal and they've tried different things and somehow, you know, they see that there is some sort of stuck energy there. So once I know where the problem quote unquote is, that's, the first step to understanding the subconscious mind. That's the second step there is to, 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 to understand that whatever is problematic in my life, it's a program in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind directs us and our attention towards decisions and, and actions and ideas that bring us to that result. So we're not necessarily doing it on purpose, but automatically subconscious mind has, let's say, uh, a fear of success. So the fact that I'm not making that financial goal is because there is a subconscious fear of success. And it's not that bad. It's not as bad as it sounds because we all have those stumbling blocks in our subconscious mind that were, you know, planted there by accident in a very young age through our environment before the age of seven. So we were not really conscious when it happened. And it doesn't matter because everybody's going through this. We're not alone. Seven billion people, a very exclusive club of stumbling blocks in the subconscious mind. So once I understand that there is a program in the subconscious mind because I observed the problem in my life, that's when I can start asking questions and asking those questions deeply within that child, that inner child that some, you know, when, when I was seven and I feared success maybe because I saw how much work it needs. Let's say, right? My parents worked so hard. They were super successful, but they never were around to go with me to my ballet, you know, or, you know, or my soccer game or whatever, right? So, so there was a misunderstanding that happened in a, in a young age where I connected success with, let's say, uh, struggle or absence of the parent, right? So as I'm asking those questions, and we can do that through journaling, we can do that with inner dialogue, we can do it with a coach. That's where sometimes we need, a lot of times we need, you know, or a friend, you know, or our sister, you know? <laughs> and so we get to, to, to speak to that program. And then anything that becomes conscious once the subconscious program becomes conscious, there is an amelioration that happens, like a sweetening. In the beginning, it's a little awkward, maybe a little fearful for some people. But then after, there is a grace and a sweetness that comes with it. And the inner child, that program, like relaxes because someone is talking to it and it starts to feel safer and more loved. And so basically, um, that's how I deal with this, with it, with, with that. So it's a conversation with our inner child. The subconscious program is a conversation with our inner child. Mm. I have so many thoughts. Okay. So first is awareness and finding which part of your life you are 
feeling unsatisfied or unhappy with, right? Whether it be relationships, careers, or just personal. Um, when it comes to reprogramming the subconscious or going back to that place where that self-limiting belief was created, right? Do you need to know that exact moment? Because I could also see as that being like triggering or traumatic. Do you need to go back and relive that and kind of like make amends? Like how does that whole reprogramming, especially when it's very traumatic, um, how does how do you go about reprogramming? Do you need to really remember exactly where that was kind of the beginning of the belief? Good, good, good. Great question. So according to neurolinguist programming, which is part of my training, you don't need to go through the trauma. And actually, you shouldn't go through the trauma again. And you don't even need to really know the first event or even remember it. There are techniques, for example, the forgiveness technique that of going back to the inner child and talking to the inner child and making amends. You don't need to uh, know when was the first time that the, uh, you as a child got traumatized, quote unquote, to do that. And, the, and it works. It works because I want you to, to, to imagine the subconscious mind as a soft, it's like the hardware of the brain has those softwares, those emotions, images. So it's, it's a 360 experience in images, audio, feeling. So it's like an audiovisual sensory software, that the trauma. And the, and the subconscious mind, when you're going through the process of re- reconciliation, so first it's awareness and then it's reconciliation before the reprogramming. Uh, when you're going through the reconciliation process, the subconscious mind already has those traumatic events and, and images all together in a folder called uh, so-and-so trauma, let's say, or so-and-so emotional experience. So when you're going through an NLP technique or that inner child forgiveness technique, uh, the subconscious mind just clears it all because it, it's already there in one place. That's one theory, right? And I, there, I have a lot of, we've done some NLP techniques together. On the other hand, there are the more psychosomatic uh, therapies and modalities for, for traumas and experiences that are really, I don't like the word deeper because I don't think that those experiences are any deeper than the other. Like all experiences are in the, in the subconscious mind in a similar way. But there are cases where, you know, uh, an NLP technique won't be enough in my understanding. So that's why I use different modalities. So in that case, for example, for the reconciliation of a more traumatic or more intense, let's say, experience that you might not remember the first event or you might remember the first event even. But even if you don't remember the first event, you know that every time this happens, I, you know, react in a similar way. There is... You know, when I, you know, different things for different people, maybe for relationships, especially nowadays, women have a very like intense, almost like a PTSD uh, relationship with men. And it's because of all this feminine rising and a lot of other things that we're clearing in the collective. So let's say for something that is more intense, uh, I suggest anything that is that relates to the body. So let's say breath work or like dance or even like there is a therapeutic dance, um, music that involves 
the expression of the emotion. So you don't, it doesn't, it, going back to the relieving the moment is not necessary, but relieving and exploring the emotion and moving it out of the body for, for a lot of cases is crucial. And that's why a lot of times I say that, you know, uh, more coaching and NLP techniques can be very helpful for a lot of like career stuff and motivational stuff. But if you really want to do a deeper, you know, healing process, sometimes going through the body is the way because that's when the real reconciliation happens. And also from person to person, it depends from case to case. From So the reconciliation moves through the body. So that because the emotion and the trauma, quote unquote, is stored in the nervous system. So any modality that can help you. So tapping, EFT tapping, freedom technique tapping is also an amazing way to release emotions. And as I said, breathwork dance. And once you're done with the reconciliation, which might take a lot, uh, a long time or a short time, or, you know, sometimes what we do is we go through layers. So let's say this year I went through layers of my financial quote unquote trauma and then five years later, I go deeper into it. You know, it's a, it's a process. So once the reconciliation is done, that's when the reprogramming can start. And that's when you start planting the new software. What is the new relationship that I want to have with money? What is the new relationship that I want to have with, you know, the romantic partnership uh, situation? Does this answer your question? Yeah, totally. So you would say, so when it comes down to reprogramming and then manifest, manifest dating that, (laughs) manifesting that, (laughs) you would say that in that reprogramming process, you have to create a belief, a new belief and believe in that 100% in order to truly see that now manifest, date, manifest. Manifest. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my words. (laughs) Hey, MW, as we head into a new year and a new decade, we are super passionate about continuing to focus on becoming the best version of ourselves inside and out. We know that being conscious and intentional of how we treat ourselves, especially our bodies, is so fundamental to our personal success, which is why partnering with brands we believe in and actually use, such as Four Sigmatic, is something we absolutely love sharing with you. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, and longevity. They make a wide variety of blends, including their delicious mushroom coffee that we personally drink every single morning, hot cocos, matcha, and other superfood blends that we know you're going to love. What we love most about them is that they make superfoods delicious and easy to do with their single-serve packets for when you're on the go or even at home tins and K-Cup coffee pots. Awaken your mind and support your overall well-being and health into 2020 and beyond by trying Four Sigmatic today. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash MWTalk. That is F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash M-W-T-A-L-K. And use the code MWTalk at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. All right, ladies, let's get back into this week's Millennial Women Talk conversation. Okay, so now this is really interesting because I think that sometimes when we believe, right, 
I think it's just our in our nature nowadays, especially because things are so risky and like, you know, you always kind of have maybe like that 5% of doubt, right? Can we still really manifest if we have a doubt or manifesting whatever you want truly is when you believe in it 100%? Right. So, so once you've reconciled and you have explored that emotion, a lot of people, we're afraid to do that. I know it for myself. We're afraid to let go of the old story because it hurts so much to revisit it. And so that's why we use safe modalities to not be afraid. So if the reconciliation process has been honored, and it's the, it's also, you can call it like the fall season, season, like September to December, you know, it's that fall season where the, 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 the trees lose their leaves. And so it's that, that type of, once you've done that, then you're reprogramming yourself in a new belief. What does this mean? It means that you believe so much that you deserve a new story. And the new story doesn't have to be specific in the conscious way to manifest. So I don't need it to be specifically controlled by my logical mind. So doubt starts when the reconciliation has not been honored as much. Maybe there is more work to be done there. Or doubt starts when we are very specific in what it is that we want, that we wouldn't allow it to be any anything else because we're so afraid that it won't happen. We control it. For, for example, I, uh, a lot of times like a, a goal that we set is a, a financial goal, right? And in that financial goal, the mind, because it's doubting, right? It's like, oh, I hope I'm going to make that type of money, da, da, da. Because it's doubting, what it does is it's trying to control the how it's going to come. And the how is probably if I'm an entrepreneur and I have like one product, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if I want to make that goal, I need uh, X amount of customers. And so I'm manifesting, let's say, 100 customers. The truth of the matter is that when you're reprogramming your mind into this new financial goal, what you need to be doing is, reprogramming the deserving belief that I could actually have that. I don't know how. It's not about the how. When we're reprogramming, it has nothing to do with the how it's going to arrive. Because once we have that new belief set inside the software of our subconscious mind, new ideas, new actions, new inspirations are going to kick in because we are different. The old story of the financial struggle that I inherited from my parents because they were immigrants or whatever. In my case, they were all refugees. So there is that type of story behind and pain there, right? So once you let go of that and then you're reprogramming yourself in the belief of deserving and knowing that I am good enough, I am good at what I'm doing, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and I am one of those people that receive when they do what they love. Let's say, so I'm just giving an example right here. Once that new belief, once I allow that new belief to kick in and just like get seeded and planted, that requires relaxation. That requires the the feminine side, you know, that requires our creative side. That's why we say when you're reprogramming yourself, use hypnosis or like a guided meditations or a ritual. That's all very 
feminine and etheric. And so we're igniting our intuition and our feminine sign when we're reprogramming. It's a very, it's a new process for the collective, for all of us, women included. And so when, when that happens and as I allow it to happen and it can happen immediately, it's just a feeling. Once I feel that deserving, it's not about the hundred customers anymore. It's, a, it's about the goal, which could be X amount of thousands of dollars. And it's mostly about the feeling. How do I feel with that deserving and that freedom? How do I feel it in my legs? How do my shoulders feel? How do I breathe? So I'm reprogramming myself into embodying a new version of myself. And so that can take some time depending on the person. And so there, there is no self-doubt anymore because I am living that emotion. If there is self-doubt still, it's just a habitual, you know, conscious, logical, let's say, reasoning kind of thing because we probably don't have a memory, a recent memory of that type of success. So our minds immediately go into, oh, but it's never happened before. And when that happens, what I always suggest is look around and find examples of other people that have done something similar and persuade yourself because self-doubt has no place in manifestation. And that's where the spiritual aspect comes. Because when I have faith in the universe, in whatever way I can find that faith and ignite it and keep it and cultivate it. And uh, with, for a lot of people, is their music. They sing their music like you and they get connected, Stephanie, right? Yeah. And they get connected <laughs> with the source energy. You're downloading immense light when you're singing. And for other people is going to church or for other people is going to a meditation class or a yoga class or whatever it is for different people. So self-doubt has no place in manifestation because it's an illusion. It's an illusion based on, you know, I don't have a memory like this, but uh, it's, a, it's an illusion because everything is accessible to everyone. The only thing we need to do is feel and vibrate that type of person and relax into it. And I know because I was brought up professionally in the United States. And I know that we have in the States that, you know, desire. This, um, you know, this, there's a fire energy in the States of, uh, of, of going for it, right? And sometimes we forget to relax and be that feminine goddess for a few moments, a few weeks and kind of like relax and play with that new version of our manifestation. And it's there very quickly. Absolutely. You know, I, I, all of this is bringing me back so many memories of, of our work and, and me and Steph's conversations after working with you too. And, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about in a day to day, right? So when we, as sisters, we chat about our week and things that we've done and things like that. And then Stephanie will point out to me, that person is mirroring something back to you. So I, and so that's honestly been one of my biggest struggles is realizing, is this a mirror or is this, or am I feeling something? So could you kind of explain a little bit about the mirroring, what that is? And for some of us, how do we overcome that? Yeah. 
absolutely amazing question. The mirroring concept is one of the biggest alchemical concepts in the spiritual realm. And it's an advanced concept. It's not an easy concept. And um, you guys have done tremendous work with yourselves. And I also know you, Melissa, and you've done amazing, amazing work with yourself. And going through the mirroring exercise is an advanced technique. And it's an advanced technique because it could, it could you know, trigger uh, our, our logical mind. So what it is, so mirroring ourselves in our reality means that whatever we see and whatever we either like or dislike, is an indication of our subconscious filters. And a lot of people, when they say, oh, I'm mirroring myself and now this person is very rude to me, let's say, or impolite to me, does this mean that I am rude and impolite? No, it's not a one-on-one mirroring exercise. When you use the mirroring concept, you basically uh, try to find why would my subconscious mind Periscope, right? Why would my periscope bring me into a situation where somebody is rude to me? And that's the question. And if, if I ask that question enough times, I might find that it, say, it says women are supposed to say, oh, only yes. It should be agreeable, you know? Because it could be like in the collective, we are still clearing that, how a woman should be. and you know, how, you know, we should interact with each other. So there, that was a mirroring exercise where I found one of my subconscious filters and I can reconcile with it and then clear it and reprogram it. A lot of times though, through that mirroring exercise, we, we are also practicing our intuition, right? We're also practicing because you said, what if, what did you say? You said, is it, is it always a mirroring or if it's, am I, if I'm seeing something else? Right. So it's like, how could you tell the difference? Exactly. So in that case, what, what that is, is the, your reality is testing you to start believing in your own intuition. And that's tricky. You know, that's very that tricky so because tricky. sometimes we can see through, especially us women where we have a different connection with our intuition. And the more we work with ourselves and all this work that we're doing is a very feminine work. Uh, Our intuition starts to, you know, increase and we can see through things. But even if that's true, right? Even if that's an intuitive, you know, uh, observation, still we, we we are asked to filter that and be as neutral as we can with what it is that we're observing. Even if, you know, my intuition is telling me something that I don't like, again, it's filtered again through my subconscious filters. If it doesn't feel good at the end, whatever I'm observing, it's for me to learn something. Yes. If, it, if I observe something and I'm still neutral about it, it's my intuitive understanding and, uh, you know, it's there is nothing else there for me. So if my reality my connection with my reality is neutral, that's a win-win. If there is some sort of, you know, uh, uncomfortable, you know, feeling about it, that's, that's a, that's a alert, you know, for us to just look into it. 
I love that you said that. It's true because for me in that whole mirroring, and I know it is an advanced, um, like you're saying, but what I actually mirroring helped me actually figure out where my self-limiting beliefs were because I felt, okay, and I kept on telling you this, like, why am I continuing to have, especially with men, remember? I was like, why do they completely turn mean or something? And you would tell me, well, you are projecting your insecurity. So even if that's not necessarily reality, that's what is being mirrored to you. That's what you're seeing because you're projecting that self-limiting belief, right? Exactly. Let me just uh, add to that. Yeah. So basically, it's uh, it's a projection. Not So what you're experiencing in that moment is real. Mm. right you're you're it's real you're hurting you, it feels wrong right in your body so you're not doing anything wrong and it's good that you protect yourself to get away from such a situation right, right. so it's not unreal but at the same time it's allowing you to see this experience is there to allow you to see if you're ready to see that there is a pattern and that, what does this part and pattern mean? That there is some sort of insecurity around communication with men. And that insecurity could be a lot of different beliefs, but is acknowledging that while honoring the fact that you were hurting. And it was, right. it was, your, it was true and it was okay to not feel well about mm-hmm. that, right? So it's a, it's a balancing between that too and releasing that emotional um, you know, whatever baggage that created, because although it's, yeah. a, it's an opportunity for you to learn something at the same time, you got hurt and we have to acknowledge that too. Okay, MW, let's take a quick little break here because I am so ready for 2020. And this episode is putting me in the right mindset to help me become the best version of myself. Health is our priority, which is why sometimes you have to keep it simple without sacrificing the taste. That's why we chose LaCroix Pure Flavor. Simple, minimal, and refreshing. Zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium with an innocent twist that has made LaCroix one of America's top-selling brands. Try it out today by visiting LaCroixWater.com and get ready to continue a healthier lifestyle in this new year. All right, MW, let's jump back into the conversation. I kind of want to get into manifesting partnerships and relationships just because I know that that is so, you know, it's just a really big topic um, for so many millennial women, right? And you mentioned something earlier in our conversation that really kind of made me think of something as a collective, as women. Now we're starting to see Me Too movements and a lot of these narratives, right, of men doing really horrible things, right? Do you fear or think that as a collective, all of these narratives are actually starting to formulate self-limiting beliefs in women now? And that's kind of affecting us in our relationships and how we are acting towards men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. that's an amazing question. I love this topic because I personally believe that we are in transition And whenever anything is in transition in the collective, it gets a little uglier before it gets better. Right. And right now, the the feminine rising is an absolute truth in the world. Uh, The the, the paradigm that exists is uh, 
masculine type of uh, protocol that exists in our society and women that are trying to find that human rights equality for so many decades right now, they started by imitating the masculine paradigm. And now we are going even further into that evolution where women are like, no, there's something more. There should be a different expression of the theme of the mat of the feminine energy and it's not about equality in the way we thought it is it's about human rights equality and how does how does this translate so that there is also an expression of the feminine energy even within men not only women right it's the feminine energy that is the nurturing energy it's the receiving energy it's the you know more slow down intuitive energy right and so in the process of that there is a collective victim consciousness that has arisen and it's uh, something that was happening for so many years and it had to be unveiled and uh, revealed and it was a good thing on so many levels but as you said is creating because we're in transition until we really clear it and we see that victim consciousness for what it is as women first because women should see it first nobody else can tell women that you know what, this is a, a real struggle that we went for, on for centuries, but it is a victim psychological kind of like play. Right, right. And we have to find that healing in that victim and then find the empowerment. So right now we're empowering, we're, we're trying to find the empowerment through the, the pain. But, but that's not how, not how it works because we are in the victim. When we're trying to, you know, right now women are expressing the victim side of the pain. They're in pain. So we need to collect and heal women with women. That's work that can only, I feel, can be done with women between themselves and heal and let go of that anger. It's not forgetting, right? Healing is not forgetting. Healing is letting go of the pain and then it becomes wisdom. So nothing is lost in healing it becomes wisdom and once that wisdom happens within women then we can continue the empowerment movement so so in this process that we're at right now as you said there is there is some limiting programming that is starting to happen and it's both for men and women right because men are very confused right now yeah yes men they are very confused and and women they are traumatized even more because they, they're relieving the trauma. They're remembering. Some women are remembering. And so we have to be very aware as women because, you know, a lot of teachers, male teachers, tried to say things about what I'm saying right now, and they were gone after and totally. misunderstood. Yes. So I think it's a different thing for, for a woman to say, you know, like, let's, let's heal our victim. Let's do it together. Let's gather, let's hug, let's cry, let's dance, let's look at it, let's, you know, strategize or like, you know, look, you know, think about it uh, because that's, uh, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. The limitations that are happening are because women are in pain right. and we can all feel that pain even if we, even if we haven't experienced something specific like that in this lifetime. Yeah. But we can feel it. So I'm in such like an observing, I guess both yeah. Mel and I, you know, we, we host events, we bring women together 
And it is something that we very much notice everything you're saying. We are healing. Um, and it's and we do it together, you know, by sharing our stories, by communicating, by just getting it out. Um, so we are in this healing process. At the same time, I'm in a very observing um, area in my life because I also see the men and how they are very confused. I also see women, how they are automatically in defense. Mm-hmm. So if they are in a relationship, they are changing the fundamentals of that relationship completely and from a defense kind of point, like you're belittling me or like really trying to change that dynamic or you are in the dating area and you are very much in the defense still. So it's not like, you know, men are like, do we do we approach? Do we not? It's, it's this very interesting times that we are living in right now because of the whole um, healing that is happening collectively. What would be your advice, I guess, you know, for men, for women as we are healing? How do we continue, you know, healing good, but not, you know, making negative or backwards in a way kind of belief systems in, in our interactions with the bo- with both masculine and feminine? Yes, 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 yes. So I would say the first thing is self-knowledge. So I would suggest the first thing is to go deeper into one's healing and knowing of the self, basically. What's my story? What is it that I am protesting against in my relationship with my with my boyfriend or the people I'm dating? Like self-awareness is the first thing because that's our only power. That's where our power sits. For anything to change in the collective, it has to start from the individual. So self-awareness. Second thing is gather with women. And I've seen a lot of gatherings of women. I love your gathering. (laughs) I highly recommend. Uh, There are some type of gatherings that they're not from heart to heart. And I've been invited in some of them. And they felt really off. So when you find, I would suggest that women find women that they can vibe with, like they can feel safe to express. Safety is super important. And what's safe for me, it's different from what's safe for you and all that. And it's it has to be a place of honesty. Honesty and emotional connection. So the first one is self-awareness. The second one is gather in wolf packs, as we call it, I have my wolf pack, our wolf women that we gather and it's super, super, super healing for all of us. And then the third thing I would say is find the love in any communication with the with men. Find the love. Find that, um, you know, like that Buddhist love, that Christian love you know that hindu love like that uh, spiritual love not necessarily the romantic or the sexual con- connection like that love that human to human win win i know it's hard especially for a lot of women who are going through specific trauma but remember the love because we're br- we're coming together men and women or men with men and women with women but let's talk about the men and women here. Uh, we're, we're coming together for the romantic partnership partnership for love, for more love. That is the purpose. So we, we, we because of all the things, 
we forget that uh, that's why we're doing it. So whatever that means for each person, it might mean listening more, breathing more before speaking, or, um, you know, expressing, because that's hard, expressing honest emotion instead of just reacting. But that's a practice too. I think we can do it. Women are very emotional. We're very emotional. And so we know a spectrum of different things to express. So learning how to to express our emotions, I think will help men tremendously because they're very confused. They don't have so many emotional centers like we do. <laughs> it's very true. Yes, I remember you saying that. Can you can you relate to the audience? How many emotional centers do women have and how many do men have? I found that to be fascinating. <laughs> it's amazing. When I found out, I was like, oh my God. So it's 11 moon centers, we, they call it in the yogic applied science, 11 uh, moon centers, 11 emotional centers for women, and one wow. for men. So wow. it's... Uh, that explains a lot. Fair. Yeah, it's not a fair game for them. <laughs> we have to feel them too. <laughs> that explains a lot. basically. That's the thing. It's our responsibility to know how to deal with those 11 emotional centers. It's not um, society's or our parents' or men's responsibility to know how to deal with that. And once we know how to deal with ourselves, then we will be better partners and a lot of misunderstandings will, you know, because I don't like at all when I hear people saying, oh, you're in your period, huh? So that's why you're like this. I don't like that. I don't like that. I make it my practice to, you know, balance my emotions. And I know a lot of women are too, but there is this uh, concept that women are so emotional. And when they're emotional, it's because of their period, which is true. But it's, uh, we, can, we can change that narrative and we can be more balanced. How, Absolutely. What is your advice in balancing emotions? I mean, I, I'm sure Mel and I, Every woman wants to know, what are some of the practices that we can do to really balance that within ourselves? The first thing is to accept that we have a spectrum of emotions that are constantly changing throughout the day and throughout the month. And that's a given. So let's start by assuming that. And it's okay. It's okay. We need all those emotional centers because we can become mothers. So it's like a a sensitivity thing. Like we need to be more sensitive because we're carrying life within our bodies if we choose to. So the first thing is acknowledging it and being okay with that. And there's a great book, very famous book. I'm an emotional being. I highly recommend it by this. I don't remember her name, but she's an amazing international speaker, bestseller, blah, blah, blah. She's one of the first ones to talk about those things. I'm an emotional being and it's amazing. So then the second thing is emotional centers are connected to relating to the nervous system. So anything that can balance our nervous system can balance our emotional centers. That's for example, meditation, sound healing, right? Nature, good food. You know, for some people it's less gluten. Whatever affects our nervous system and especially our parasympathetic 
part of our nervous system because we are highly activated on the sympathetic side, which is the logical, active kind of part of the brain. And then it's the parasympathetic, which is, you know, it's only relaxing with meditative practices, you know, whatever it brings silence and, and, and meditation. And then the third thing is I can send it to you and maybe you can add it somewhere in under this podcast or something. It's the 11 centers and they change on, on our body every two and a half days. And it starts with our first day of our period. So we can have a journal, which is super simple. We know when our you know, first day was. And uh, then we calculate two and a half days later, it changes. And every time it changes the center, it's a different emotion. And it's a different mental state too. Remember, like our first day of our menstrual uh, you know, cycle, it's the first day, it's the first emotional center. And those two and a half days, are we are the most authentic. Mm. Mm. We tell our truth. Because we, our body is going through so much <laughs> that we cannot, you know, we're, it's like our body's like, ah, that's all I can do. Yeah. I'm giving you my full self, you know? So, and then it, it's very interesting to see the rest. And some, some days we are more flirty. Yeah. And some days we're more silent. And some days we're more contemplative. So if we do have that guide and we take, a, we take note of it, we just breathe into it. We just expect it, Right. If I expect to be more emotional today, maybe I won't be as uh, social, let's say. Or if it's one of those days that I'm more silent, maybe I won't do that interview that day, you know, because it's going to bring more stress in my system if I can reschedule it for a different day. Knowledge. Helpful? (laughs) Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Aspasia, you've given us so much gold in in this episode um, and one of the things that I loved about what you spoke about today and, and even in our one-on-one work is that there is so many pieces to manifestation and it's more than just what people know about today, which is a vision board or just thinking about positive thoughts or thinking about this one thing. And then all of a sudden, magically it will happen. There's so much internal work that goes into manifestation and that's what you've been able to teach us today. So I hope that our listeners get out of that conversation today is that there's so much work to be done and um, God willing, we will all live very long lives. And so this will have to be an ongoing process. It's not a one-time thing. And, and we're so grateful that you shared so much knowledge with us today. But before we let you go, what is, I guess, in a few words, how can we all manifest the life of our dreams, as you so say on your website? <laughs> all right. So first thing, believe you can have it all. Yeah. It's just, it starts from a thought. It just starts from the thought that, okay, as Pasea said, that I can have it all. So that's the first thing. The second thing is just uh, tune in, tune in with the universe, you know, create that connection because that's all, that's all that it takes, belief, real faith, and then work. But the work, you know, I have a map, I call it manifestation map, you know, like it's a step-by-step, you can just do it. It all starts with the uh, desire so knowing that I can have it all, desiring it, and having the faith and the connection with the spiritual aspect. And then the rest is, you know, logical steps that we can apply together. So just dream, believe, and connect. 
I love it. it. I love it. Aspasia, thank you so much for your time today. It's been, as always, such an honor. Thank you so much. Love you. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you want to learn more about Aspasia, please visit faithitacademy.com. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify to help us continue to bring powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. Are you looking for free and discounted resources? Then sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are. Never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Karkache.